You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Howdy, Earth Station One listeners. Welcome to the first episode of Countdown to Halloween. Let us introduce you to the host for this month, the gooey gooey himself, Mr. Mike Gordon. How do you, uh, no, we can't, we can't do that. No, the whole no, we can't no, do it. No, no, we can't. No, we just, you know, every year we've been there. This is like the 12th year that we've done the countdown to Halloween. And yep. every year I, I think we threaten to, to do our like, you know, horror, horror hosts, horror movie hosts voices. And uh, we're just, we're just not doing that. No, not this time. Oh, come on. Couldn't we do it the whole episode and all our guests for the next you know, month have to talk that way. I think that would be just <laughs> totally awesome. Yeah, if you wanted to kill any sort of listener and viewership of the show, yes, then we should absolutely do that. Oh, we uh, do that naturally, dude. We just do that oh, all that's, automatically. That's true, but uh, no, I'm excited. Uh, we will. This is the countdown to Halloween. We have three episodes that we're going to devote to the countdown. Uh, thanks to Dwayne. And and Black Adam, we uh, will have the week of Hall- the actual Halloween uh, is is locked up for us to review that uh, that movie. But um, uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun, and it starts with this episode here. And we're taking a look at uh, the monsters. What's old is what is new again. That kind of thing. So uh, we're gonna talk about the whole franchise, not just the new movie, not just the original series. We're gonna try to cover. Uh, all we can about that. We got a great crew to talk all about it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a ton of fun. And we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us feedback at herstation1.com. Let us know. Do you guys love the monsters as much as we do? Or are you guys, you know, getting up for Halloween? What are your guys' plans? We want to hear all about it. And, you know, we'd love to hear every week, you know, why we're we're doing these segments and everything about you know halloween and we want to find out what you guys are doing are you guys you know do you guys have parties i know like our friend mark maddox who's gonna be on next week's episode him and his partner linda they do a huge huge halloween party and get together every year so it's pretty amazing when you hear from friends what they do so you know, I set up literally a living room on my driveway and, you know, have music. I have alcoholic drinks for the grownups and I have candy for the kids. It's you know, awesome. It's, you know, and I know, Mike, you give out like mini comics and stuff and stuff from free comic book day and stuff. I do. I do. I, uh, I haven't gotten any of the published ones for this year yet, but, um, uh yeah, uh comics versus candy. I I try to promote reading and and the comic art form rather than diabetes. Oh yeah, I know my mom's boss at, you know, when I was growing up, she worked at a dentist office and he used to give away toothbrushes and toothpaste. He used to get egged all the time, so <laughs> I don't think it was much appreciated. <laughs> so, 
it's pretty awesome though to hear what other people do because everyone's different and it's it's pretty cool when you live in a neighborhood where people come by for trick-or-treating or if you have a huge party or whatever you do everyone celebrates it different and you know some people just shut off the lights and let the kids go past too. <laughs> so, that's right so it's it's interesting with that but you know we definitely like i said would love to hear from you and if you get a chance please get um, give us five stars. We would really appreciate it. Um, five stars to you tell us how much you guys like, how much you guys appreciate Earth Station One. And if you don't like us, five sarcastic stars. That's all we ask for. We're also up on YouTube now, folks. That's right. And please subscribe up there and let's get our numbers up on Earth Station One on YouTube. You know, we have a, a few subscribers, but we want the numbers to go up. And, you know, if you get a chance to subscribe, like some of the videos because you get to see our reactions sometimes to when people were talking about stuff and everything so it's a neat thing to have the video tied into it and everything so just definitely check it up or station one up on youtube also give a shout out to our patrons our patrons are what keeps the station going and for as little as 25 cents a week you too can help subscribe to the Earth station one podcast go to patreon.com slash eso network and you know what we love you guys we really do. Also, check out our sponsor for this week. Check out Tafosi Optical. Tafosi Optical has really amazing glasses. They have gamer glasses. They have blue light blocking glasses. They have safety goggles. They have face shields. But they're mostly well known for their sunglasses. Check it out. You can get custom made sunglasses to your specs, color wise, style wise. It's pretty awesome what they have up there. And as a big thank you. Tifosi Optical has a coupon for Earth Station One. Just put it on Earth Station One and you get 10% off your whole order. Not just one thing, folks, your whole order. Check it out, tifosioptics.com. And now let's welcome Darren Bush to the show. It's a long time coming for him to finally show up and be put into the geek seat. We've known him forever. So welcome to Earth Station One, my friend. Thank you, Mike and Michael. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. We appreciate you being here. And and yes, as Mike said, we've known you for a while. But for those people who may not be familiar with uh, you and like we see you at the conventions, you're working, mm -hmm. right? You're you're involved in all kinds of fandoms. Um, I know you got a big convention coming up this weekend as well. Absolutely. On October 8th is Monsterama. We're doing Monsterama Junior this year. It's It's like a full day of programming. But in 2023, we're going to be back strong with a three-day program. Monsterama, for those of you who don't know, is classic horror and monsters and science fiction and the fantastic. It's a, a show where I get to be a track director. And right now, what, what Michael is referring to is I'm in the middle of trying to schedule and record a bunch of virtual panels to supplement the live material that's going to happen in six days. Wow. I just did the math and kind of scared myself there a little bit. <laughs> As well, yeah. you should. As well, you should. Uh -huh. well, so I we're should. glad you're, you know, spending quality time with us. <laughs> when I you could be, that. when you could be, yes. when you could be working. Yes, um, you, guys, you guys should be flattered. No, I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm, the, I'm the one that's flattered. So it's an honor. It really is an honor, sir. <laughs> we uh, we're just coming off uh, Dragon Con. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you you volunteer for Dragon Con as well? I do. I do. I am. I sit on panels for the American Sci-Fi Classics track, which the two of you might have heard of. And I also occasionally get to do a panel for the Sci-Fi Literature track. The track director, Sue, there, every once in a while, she'll bring me over and let me do something really amazing with the, the Sci-Fi authors over there. Mm -hmm. And I also moderate about three or four panels a year for the 
the alternate history and historical fiction track. I can, I, I'm sorry, Liz, I can never get the name right, but it's alternate history, historical fiction, and uh, they, they let me come over and moderate some really interesting topics over there for them. Wow, that's three different hotels or two? Oh, you're, I, you're walking around, man. <laughs> it, it is. It's three different hotels. Yeah. He yeah. wants to get his steps in for the weekend. Sure. Come on. Okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, and that's not all, right? You're also you're also part of other conventions as well, right? In the local Atlanta area? I am. The 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 fun part about doing Monsterama the first week uh, in October is that Conjuration is the first weekend in November. Or is it the second weekend? It's anyway, it's it's either the first or second weekend in November, depending on which November you're talking about. Conjuration is a magical fantasy, magical fantasy literature convention. It's a three day and we do, you know, it's, it's almost the opposite of Monsterama, but in a good way, pretty much every topic we don't cover at Monsterama, we cover at Conjuration. Mm-hmm. I am the equivalent of a track director there also. And I, I get to do a lot of, you know, experimental theater, if you will, like I, every once in a while I'll whip out a game show or we'll do some panel that's just ridiculously strange and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, if you're if you're looking forward to say the next Dresden Files novel, we have panels for you. If you're watching Rings of Power, we have panels for you. Man, that's a busy like one, two, three month, right? For you. Yes. <laughs> the rest of the year, do you just rest? Yeah, I try. I I try <laughs> and recover. There's 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 always there's always conventions going on, and I'm trying to get my what I'm really trying to do right now is get myself out of Atlanta, Greater Atlanta. And get up to Chattanooga, get over to Birmingham, mm. those sorts of other conventions that I've heard great things about. Just haven't figured out how to show up personally. So many good conventions. Do you remember your first? Yes, I actually I do. When I was a teenager in, um, I was dragged. Oh yeah, by I remember that year. That was a good year. It was a very good year because that was a year some friends of mine dragged me to Dixie Trek which at the time was held in the Oglethorpe University Student Center. Wow. Which is, looking back, that's a really weird sentence. But um, the the crazy thing is, is that my daughter currently goes to Oglethorpe University. So we were walking around and I went, oh, yeah, I went to a convention in that building over there. Uh, And she's like, great, Dad, you're really old. Thanks. She's like, Um, she's like, of course you did, Dad. Of course you did. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, went went to Dixie Did Trek. You come in the car that you had to use your feet to get there and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she is. Every once in a while, my daughter is a little upset that I have been everywhere in Atlanta because I've been in Atlanta for so long. But yeah, uh, Dixie Trek in wow. nineteen. <laughs> that's a uh, that's awesome. I mean, that's a that's a that's a amount of years, right? <laughs> it is a very long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and what would you say, I mean, if you had to pick or, you know, lean towards one way or another, because it sounds like you're quite diverse in your fandoms. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that pulled you in at first? Pulled me in at first? Wow. Um, to, uh, to, to this fandom geek world? I don't know exactly what came first, but my first real memory of geekdom is that my mother set me down in front of Star Trek television and went here, maybe this will keep you occupied for an hour. Mm. And it worked. And an hour later I went, is there more of this? And she went, oh yes, there's more of this. <laughs> so <laughs> I, original, original series Star Trek on TV was I think my, my first real experience of, of the deep geek. Mm-hmm. 
And is it, do you have, uh, is it mainly TV, movies, uh, literature, comics, about a little bit of everything? Can I get away with yes? Um, sure, yeah, it's, absolutely. I, I really, of course, I, it's your segment. Yeah, I re- <laughs> thank, thank you, Mike. I really don't care. I've got a, I've got a box of very old comic books that I, I'm still wondering what I'm going to do with them. I've, I've been collecting movies. I have a, a room dedicated to the, the novels and the books. So the real problem is that I haven't been able to decide what to not be involved in as far as media goes. So every, every <laughs> once in a while, my wife goes, we don't have enough room for all of your stuff anymore. I'm like, yeah, no, I know. I need to, I just can't bear to get rid of any of it, but I'm, I'm all over the map. Audiobooks, uh, radio dramas, like I said, comic books, graphic novels, just everything. And I don't have any on the wall behind me, but on the other side of that wall, there's a whole bunch of plushies of dragons and Cthulhu and all kinds of wacky stuff. Yeah, I, I know that the prevailing opinion seems to be that, uh, you know, everything is really di- div- divisive now. But I can mm-hmm. even remember back when I was a kid, it was either either you like Star Trek or you like Star Wars. You didn't like you could you had to choose either you like Marvel or you like DC. You had mm-hmm. to choose. Right. And I was like, why can't I like all of it? And then as an adult, I look around me and I see that I have barely enough room to breathe. And I'm like, oh, that's why you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that psychologists would say that it's more normal to focus on one thing and be really excited about it as opposed to being equally excited about everything, which, yeah. So. <laughs> how uh, how have things um, I mean, at the risk of, of, of bringing out the grumpy old man, um, how have things changed? with uh fandom in general do you find you find it's uh things are better now i do i do it is a fabulous time to be a geek i my only regret now with with the fact that geeks basically won the culture war is that i am years behind on everything i have not watched like don't please don't quiz me because it'll just embarrassing there's so many movies and tv shows that are, that are on the list i haven't gotten to there are so many novels i want to read that i haven't gotten around to reading uh that is the only downside right now is that just everybody is is hitting the geek culture um you know the, it's like whack-a-mole it's like it's like okay i'm reading the expanse and what's next uh, <laughs> it, no it is it's much better it's much better i find that we're still like you know, I don't want to be a downer, but we're still struggling with representation, but it's getting better. And and mm-hmm. um, we're still we're still struggling with the fact that even though the Internet made it easier to get access to material, it also made it easier to create your own material. So the amount of stuff that's out there is just overwhelming and it's not all good, mm-hmm. but it is very easy to find. It's very easy to find stuff that's that's in your interest. So have, have you ever um, and forgive me, because I, I don't know this actually about mm-hmm. you, but have you ever dipped on the other side? Have you written or gotten involved with the production of stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's I awesome. am. This this is another one of those where the list is way too long because I haven't been able to jettison anything. I am a science fiction and fantasy short story writer. I've had nice. two, two of my short stories published in anthologies. I have like at some point I'm going to have so many short stories I should just. I don't know, make my own anthology. I have, uh, within the last couple of years, I started my own, what I'm calling a virtual science fiction convention. It's basically a mm-hmm. YouTube channel 
called Tables of Content. So I'm the founder and the executive producer, which sounds great, but really it basically just means I created a YouTube account. And those, so far, all the videos on there are panels that I've done with uh, my you know, geek buddies where we, we, watch, uh, we watch old movies and we talk about the movies that we just watched. Mm-hmm. So we, we have, a, have a lot of fun with that. But right now, most of my energy goes into like the, the events, running the conventions, um, helping out with some of the smaller geeky events. But yeah, I, I, I dabble in everything on the creator side. Now, I don't do any illustrating or graphic design, so don't have to worry about that, but almost everything else. Wow. Wow. A uh, geek man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nerd I don't know. Do we have a word for that yet? We should have now, one. Some. Now, if you guys sell a geek t-shirt, I will buy one. <laughs> well, there you go. I want Tee that public, t-shirt, Mike. Mike, there we go. <laughs> That's our next t-shirt right there. The yeah. I want one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, he said, Mike, that uh, don't quiz him, but we do Too have late. the geek seat. Yeah, we do have the geek seat here, and uh, I think Darren is, is ripe and ready. Oh, you can tell the smell. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he said you were right, so you know it fits. No, no, I. No, we heard you. I know. <laughs> All right, Darren, are you ready for your first question in the geek seat? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Trust me, they they start off easy and get harder as they go along. Okay. All right. All right, and you know, I've known you long enough, and you only might cry a little. So it's okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Hold on. Let me okay. get a tissue. All right. Go ahead. Okay. All right, Darren. What was your favorite geek out moment? Favorite moment. Okay. So we, we just, this is fresh on my mind because we just did this on one of the panels I recorded for Monsterama. I went to Dragon Con a very long time ago. Bruce Campbell was there. We got to the Q&A part. I put my hand up and he picked me. Right. That's, okay. Hold on. That's not the good part. The good part is, is that I asked a question along the lines of, can you talk about the stunts that the insurance companies won't let you do? And I must have hit a nerve because he started ranting and he started saying, I'm a stunt person. I'm competent. I'm good at this. They won't let me do the stunts I can do. And he got so upset. He grabbed himself by the back of his shirt and flipped himself over in a front somersault and landed on his back on the stage. Damn. Right. And I was wow. sitting there going, that was my question. I asked that question. That was my question. <laughs> Everybody's like, that is a plant. It is a plant. <laughs> Who is this guy? Is that's he really awesome. his brother? That's it. Yeah, that's it. So I can be hired out for... No, it's, I'm sorry. What was your most disappointing geek out moment, though? Most disappointing? Oh, God, you guys are asking. These are the easy questions? So let's see if... So the the short version of the story, which I call the, which I call the Jim Butcher understudy story, was that I was doing a panel for Sue in uh, Dragon Con Science Fiction Literature. She comes to me right after the panel and says, can you run over and can you be on a panel? We're go- we're, we've got a, an improv, you know, kind of a panel and I need somebody over there. I was like, oh yeah, I used to do improv. I, I would love, yeah, give me the stuff. So I'm running over, looking at my phone, looking at the app. Jim Butcher is on the panel. I'm a huge fan. Love the Dresden Files, lost my geek right there, like made a mess in the hall, was like, oh my God, I get in there and it's one of the, right? So it's one of the kind of, I would say medium-sized rooms, a thousand seats. I get in there and the reason why Sue needed me so quickly was because Jim Butcher canceled. Whoa. So <laughs> not, not, not only did I not get to do a panel with Jim Butcher, but 
I was the nobody who sat in his seat. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to keep the crowd entertained or just announce that he wasn't there? Oh, thank goodness they didn't say, and here's Jim's replacement, Darren Bush, who we don't know who he is, but he's here. Like, like, thank goodness they didn't say that out loud. But it was on the program. I wasn't the only person who knew it was a, right? But right. It, was a, it was a panel where we were given story prompts. And so we were officers on a spaceship that was doing alien first contact. Oh. So I got, so yeah, so I think that it went really well. I think the, I, I got the, I got a few moments of, of decent laughter from the crowd at uh, a few, not every time, but a few times. <laughs> that is awesome. That yeah. is really awesome. What geeks you out the most? Geeks me out the most. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of relates back to the Jim Butcher panel story because what I really like the most about being an alpha geek uh, is that every once in a while I'll say something ridiculous out loud and a room full of people will agree with me. And that's just so, it's bizarre, but it's so satisfying. The best example I have of this is that at a very early conjuration, six or seven years ago, we were doing a Lord of the Rings panel. And I was trying to make a point about Galadriel and I just, and my brain just went, just throw this out and see what they think. So I said out loud to a room full of Lord of the Rings geeks, well, you know that Celebrimbor is Galadriel's purse, right? Not normally what you would, when you would say, when you use the term purse, not the normal way, but in the Lord of the Rings kind of setting way. And I thought they were going to kill me, but everybody laughed and everybody went, yeah. And that's like, I, I haven't had a better moment since then. And you know, you <laughs> that's pretty your awesome then. Yeah, that yeah, is awesome I mean, though. Having, having my tribe be with me on the crazy thoughts is just, it's so, it's wonderful. It's, those are great moments. Let's look at the opposite side on that coin though. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what turns your geek off? Boy, wow. Okay. So what really shuts me down more than anything is when someone who supposedly is on my team does the gatekeeping thing. Oh. Right? Like yeah. like for some for somebody to say the obvious choice right now is, you know, hobbits can't be black. That's just that's one of the dumbest sentences ever said ever. Those people are easy to respond to or to ignore or to just go, eh, whatever. Because it's just so wrong. Um, but what really gets me is when somebody who is like a geek and a fan and whatever will say to me, all right, look, I'm not going to mince words. I had somebody literally say to me that I wasn't allowed to be a Harry Potter fan anymore. And if I was, I was transphobic. What? And I was like, right, right. That's, and I was, was not happy about that because I feel like part of what we have to do is help geek culture understand that the art and the artist are not the same thing. Now, of course, geeks don't have a, a, a monopoly on this, but we're, we need to understand mm -hmm. this, is I read the Harry Potter books, love them. I now, as the reader, own that in myself, and the author is now irrelevant, and so I just ignore her. Being told that I'm no longer allowed to appreciate Harry Potter or I'm a bad guy, I'm like, okay, really? Seriously? You're supposed to be on my team here. That's not, no, exactly. not okay. Not okay. You you have your memories with it. You know where mm -hmm. you were when you were reading it. It has a special yeah. place in your heart. There's many books, many TV shows by people who are now very controversial or something mm -hmm. because of stuff they've said or something. And it should still stick, you know, but it, it shouldn't affect you if you like something and or anything. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So. So, yeah. And and correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't want to make a big thing about this, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's been 
anything that suggests that those those that series is that way, even though she is that way, right? Yeah, it's this is one of those conversations that I just hate that we even have to have. But I I've listened to the audiobooks all the way through about 19 times. I've read the books several times each. Mm-hmm. Didn't get a whiff of that. Mm-hmm. Didn't get a whiff of that. Now, are there positive representations of name seven or eight things that you can name? No, I can't find positive representations of a bunch of things. But are there negative representations of like the obvious? I, I don't see them. Um, I don't see them. If if I if I'd run into them, I would have noticed them, and I would have made a note of that. I, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't read science fiction and fantasy going. Well, I'm just going to ignore everything that upsets me. No. I, I, <laughs> well, if, exactly. If, yeah. You know, like you know, I still love the Lord of the Rings books, but if you read it, you know, the Lord of the Rings books or the Hobbits, it's basically a sausage fest, and you know, there's yeah. hardly any female characters in it, yeah. and you know. Or does that mean Tolkien was whatever, you know, or, you know, and it doesn't affect how I like the books or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and same thing with the Harry Potter or other things, you know, that yeah. are out there and like what you want, folks. That's what it's about. And, yeah. you know, and don't judge people if they like certain things and stuff. Right. Except for if they're on the other side of the aisle, but that's a whole different story. Yeah. Well, but not, but not only that, we're geeks. Isn't that exactly. hypocritical? Didn't 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 the three of us grow up being judged by that fandom? Everybody did. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know, if people saw I was drawing superheroes or something. Oh, look at the nerd drawing a comic book character. Yeah. Something or something. And it's funny because I used to come back and oh, you know who that person is, don't you? <laughs> so it's pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. It's like, oh shut up, nerd. You know, that type of thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what fictional character would you like to meet the most, sir? The mo- the most yeah um, okay so in all seriousness I would love to play Dungeons and Dragons with Harry Dresden Wizard of Chicago that would be awesome there's actually. there's so there's so many layers of yummy in that sentence because it, first of all it's Dresden but also just he plays D and D it's canon I would love to play D and D with him and see like like him as a dungeon master creating his own like magic system and putting it into a D and D game oh yeah I'm totally totally down for that. <laughs> That's awesome. What yeah. fictional character would you not like to meet, though? God. Okay, that's her. <laughs> that's good. Uh, you could. There are many ways to interpret my answer. Go for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All letters do, uh, you know, courtesy of Darren Bush, care of the ESO Network, PO Box, <laughs> PO Box. Yeah. <laughs> What is your favorite geek word, phrase, quote, or pose? Did you say pose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going anywhere near that one. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. Po- yeah. Right. So uh, my favorite geek phrase is not all those who wander are lost. Oh, Lord of the Rings. Which is Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Which is um, Bilbo talking or writing a poetry about Aragorn. Um, and, and that, that, like I have the bumper sticker somewhere around here. That phrase was very meaningful to me when I was a, a teenage geek who, you know, way before geeks were appreciated. I was, I was not lost. I was wandering. Big difference. Mm-hmm. So that, that phrase came along from Lord of the Rings. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, between that and Jack Kerouac, it created my lust for road trips and wandering <laughs> and travel. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, you know, it was pretty awesome for that. I almost got it. That I almost tied that into my 
last tattoo I got. So it might actually come up next. So you never know. Yeah. So you never know. It's it's a great one. Kudos on that one. Thank you. What is your ideal geek occupation? Ideal geek occupation. Actually, it's really the one I'm already doing, except it doesn't pay any bills at all. What my what I would what I would want to do. Welcome to our world. Welcome yeah, to our no, world. Yeah, no, I know I'm preaching to the choir. What I would want to do is have my regular ordinary not regular ordinary, but my my day job, I would want it to be running a, a convention of my own. Oh. Really? I would. Yeah. Well, no, I know. I, it, it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, you think you right, have gray hairs now. That, you that know, sense is very, yeah. Yes. The sense is very complicated. No, it's it. What I would want to do is have my living be uh, being an alpha geek and an uber geek, being someone who creates content for other geeks to enjoy, someone who helps run conventions and shows, who produces YouTube videos and, and just enables other geeks to be able to participate in the process. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't like, nobody's going to make a ton of money doing that. I just want it to pay the bills so I can have that be my focus on my full time. Oh, sure. No, that totally makes sense. And a lot of people are that has that because there are so many fripping creative people out there, but they're just not able to do it as their full-time job. Mm -hmm. And the ones that do, I love it when they, we hear them say, I'm doing it, man. This is my, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah you know, worked my way up to this and I'm able to do this. And it's one of the best sounds in the world hearing people say that, which is pretty yeah. awesome. Yes, it is indeed. Yeah. So the opposite of that though, the opposite? What, geek occupa- what geek occupation would you not like to do? Oh, the same answer. Same the same answer. answer. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. I figured you guys were going to ask the opposite. No, um, <laughs> the, the thing, the thing that I really don't, um, enjoy personally about the geek machinery is the guest relations stuff. And it's not, and it's not for any particular like negative reason. It just, it doesn't excite me. I'm not particularly good at it, but also at the end of the day, I'm not like, I'm not really impressed with those people as much as I think you should be, if you're going to talk to them, deal with them and, and just deal with helping them, you know, you know, like all that stuff about minimum amount of money for a visit, how much getting them on an airplane, getting them a hotel room. That's, mm, I love people who can do that. I no, I'm not built for that. It's not. No, and again, totally it's not awesome. out of any just, yeah, it's not just, it's not out of any disrespect. I just, I just, my brain doesn't, can't do it. <laughs> no, that totally makes sense actually. All right. Are you funny? Ready for your final question? In final the question. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. What is your ultimate geek fantasy? Ult- ultimate geek fantasy? And it could be anything, man. Well, this is, for, uh, this is for all the marbles. So, you know. For all the marbles? Out. Boy, I'm going to. Wow. I'm glad you asked this last because I'm going to disappoint everybody probably. The, um, <laughs> the, the, the ultimate geek fantasy. Well, okay. So the, the first thing I think of about ultimate geek fantasy is to have love, death, and robots animate one of my short stories. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with that. That's my final answer, Mike. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, love, death and robots is um, for those of you who don't know, is basically heavy metal magazine on Netflix, which again, if you don't know heavy metal magazine, sorry, you got to go back and check it out. But the, but like short stories, short stories that have been changed into either hand animated or CGI 
the, those stories are always amazing. I have some short stories that I think would fit the love, death, and robots motif. And so that, that really, to me, would be one of those huge achievements is, is to have somebody come to me and go, you know, we read that short story, and we'd like to spend money animating it for you. Yeah. No, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And you never know. It could happen. <laughs> Stranger things have happened, my friend. Yes. So that is yep. cool. Well, Darren, I've got some great news for you, my friend. You've made it through the Geek Seat. Congratulations. Huzzah, huzzah, huzzah. Mr. Mike Gordon, tell the young man what he's won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network, a value <laughs> easily worth $12.08. Easily. Excellent. Easily. Yeah, Easily. It's not real money. Uh, so it's it's, yeah, station it's funds. worth that, but you know, I wouldn't try to exchange it because it doesn't, you never end up getting what it's really worth. But, um, you know, it's like, it's, it's like Disney bucks, but worth a lot less. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So we've got Monster Most people who are watching this, listening to this, um, there's probably like a day, if they're right on top of things, there's probably like a day or two right before Monsterama. So tell mm-hmm. people how they can go to that. But also, uh, even if they can't go in person, thanks to you, there's a lot of virtual programming they can partic- uh, take part in, right? I, I don't know if we're up to a lot yet, but that's the goal. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's Monsterama. <laughs> it's MonsteramaCon.com. Uh, this year in 22, we're doing a full day. Uh, the website has all the details. We've still got like we still got guests coming in from Hollywood. Got some amazing people. I'm going to do some live panel programming that I I think is interesting and entertaining. But if you go to Monsterama Con on YouTube, you will find we've got um, we've got a before panel that's already ready up there. And on October 8th, which is the day of the show, we're going to release the virtual content that's ready on that same day. So we we're going to have some live programming and some YouTube programming both. Awesome. Awesome. And then uh, in in early November, Conjuration, right? Yes. Conjuration is the the first weekend in November. It's conjurationcon.com. Gotcha. And again, it's fantasy literature. All right. We have links to both of those on show notes. Any other links you want to throw out? Personal links or Instagram or anything like that? Social media? So I, d- I don't do social media as much as maybe I should if I want to be serious about this. But if you go to YouTube and search for tables of content, you will see a bunch of uh, movie watch party panels that were done at cons or done that I did myself. And I'm going to continue to feed uh, videos up there as soon as I can get done with my busy season. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll have a link to that as well. Darren, thanks so much. It's been great having you on the station. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Let's take a quick break and we are going to be back and we are going to take a look at the monster. Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's box office buzz. It's October, which means we're getting closer to two really big superhero movie releases of the year, which are the DC Comics, Black Adam starring Dwayne Johnson, and the long-awaited Wakanda Forever Black Panther sequel from the MCU. I feel like the DC Cinematic Universe really needs a win, so I'm hoping that Black Adam is good 
feels like there's been a lot of turmoil recently. And of course, that's kind of the story throughout the DC Cinematic Universe's entire history. We've had a lot of ups and downs. There's some great movies like Wonder Woman, Shazam. I personally really liked the Snyder Cut of Justice League. But there's also been some downs with drama, again, behind the scenes and the shoving of the Batgirl movie, which I think is a really shame, a really big shame, not even putting it on HBO Max for fans to see. So DC needs a slam dunk, and hopefully Black Adam's going to deliver that. Dwayne Johnson's a really likable actor. I think I've enjoyed pretty much every movie I've seen him in. Or let me rephrase that, at least his performance. Sometimes the projects he pick can be a little in terms of story and writing but at least he's enjoyable as an actor so I hope this movie will be good and be a much needed shot of adrenaline for the DC Cinematic Universe. There's also a lot of pressure writing on Wakanda Forever. Of course this is going to be an emotionally challenging movie because of the absence of Chadwick Boseman the actor who played Black Panther himself And I think that they made the right decision to go forward without recasting the character and to let someone else take on the mantle. I'm curious about some of the new characters they're introducing with the underwater sequences. But again, this could be hard for audiences to see a Black Panther movie without Black Panther. And I feel like I've seen a little more mixed responses from audiences on some of the Phase 4 projects, which again, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. You're going to take creative chances Some people may like it, some people may not, but hopefully this movie is going to be as epic as it looks. That's it for this week's Box Office Buzz. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog over on the ESO Podcast website. I'm Mark McRae, the author of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives. And if you're not listening to our podcast, then you're missing out on amazing interviews with Larry Houston, Tom Tatawanovich, Keone Young, Michael Swanigan, Ned Hastings, Bill Gallier, Dan Gilvazan, Rob Lamb, and so many others. Kick back and let Dan Klink and I peel back the curtain on the animation industry. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast can be found on the ESO Network and all podcasting platforms. everyone welcome back to earth station one it's now time to get groovy with the monsters mr mike ready to take it away absolutely absolutely yeah in 1964 america and actually pop culture the world was um the was introduced to a frightful family um and actually relevant to uh netflix this uh this this fall 
Um, but enough about the Adams family. Uh, we're talking about the Munsters because both of them made their debut in 1964, and both of them have things on Netflix. Uh, I think uh, the Adams family has a series coming up a little bit later in the month or next month, something like that. But in any case, we're here to talk about the Munsters. Uh, this is from Universal Studios, and uh, yeah, it's going to be great fun. We're going to talk about the original series up through the Netflix movie. We'll try not to do any heavy spoilers regarding that movie in case those people haven't seen it, but um, we will be delving into all of that. And we've got a great crew to talk all about it uh, with uh, Ricky and Bambi. I know you're usually here for the music, but this time you're here for the Munsters. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. And we've got returning to our show, our station, uh, John McCarthy is back too. Hey, very excited to have you all with us. Let's get right into it. Uh, we'll start with you, Bambi. What was your, do you remember you being introduced to the Munsters? Which iteration of it? Was it the original series or, or what, uh, how do you, how did you fall in love with this uh, Frightful Family? It was the black and white version, original, I'm assuming original. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It seems like it was on TV after Flipper. Or something i don't remember exactly it was like some marathon i had seen and i thought it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> i liked lily a lot okay okay yeah uh, uh ricky i remember seeing the original black and white show in reruns as a kid it's just the monsters has been around as far back mm-hmm. as i can remember yeah yeah, I mean, it, it was on the air before I was around. But, um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Uh, I, I, growing I don't up, I remember I, always I, having the Munsters. I don't think any of us are old enough to have watched it in, when it, it was on prime time. Uh, John, you're not even that old, right? I missed it by a little bit, but yeah. Not <laughs> I don't think my mother was sitting there with me on her lap watching this thing. No, we would have needed Maddox up here or something like that. Yeah, right, that right. Uh, John, do you remember uh, watching the Munsters, being introduced to them? Um, probably as soon as I could sit up, I was in front of the TV watching something. And I would have been, I guess, three years old, which would mean this thing would have been just in first year in syndication, I think, 67. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was on every afternoon. The kind of thing you just you memorize just by watching it over and over and over again. Yeah, because there's only... Uh, only I say only, but there it only lasted two seasons. I think there's a total of seventy episodes. Yeah. So if that's if you're showing it like uh, Monday through Friday, they're going to be showing. You're going to see the same episodes a lot in the course <laughs> of a year or so, right? So, uh, Mike, what about you? What uh, what are your feeling early days of the Munsters? Oh, it was after school, most definitely. You know, it was on Channel Five. And they had the Adams family. Then they had the Munsters, and they wow. had Lost, Lost in Space, and you know all that kind of stuff. And fell in love with the Munsters. It was campy. It was fun. It wasn't ever scary at all. And that's what made it wonderful. And then it was the theme song, and you know yeah. I, it was so yeah. catchy and everything that you know it was hard not to like. And I probably was five or six when I first saw them. And so this was probably 74, 75 at that time. So it was pretty cool to be able to watch it and fall in love with it. 
and even get favorite episodes and stuff like that and know the characters really, really well. And, you know, wanting to go, wow, that would be a neat family to hang out with. So it'd be <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah. I uh, saw them in syndication as well. Um, I think they were on week. I'm, I'm pretty sure they were on weekday afternoons, uh, Monday through Friday uh, on channel uh, TV 38, which was uh, one of our local UHF channels. Uh, um, and yeah, I mean, I fell. I mean, it was a, it was a sitcom, a family sitcom that was like a lot of those were heavy in rotation syndication, like My Three Sons, Leave It to Beaver, uh, mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff. And you know, those were, you know, those were put on the t- those were put on in front of me, but I didn't really, you know, get those. But the Munsters, I did right away. Uh, I've always liked. I don't even know where it came from. I've always liked uh, uh, spooky stuff, uh, mm-hmm. Haunted Mansion and uh, and all of that stuff, Halloween season, everything like that. So the monsters fit in. Uh, I do remember, and just as a, you know, I don't want to talk about, you know, I mean, we could do a whole show on monsters versus Adams because it's almost impossible to talk about one without the other because they <laughs> made their debut at the same time. And they're both, you know, they're both very different. Mm-hmm. But they're both, you know, they're, a lot of people equate them the same. Um, but I do remember going to visit my grandmother in Illinois, and they had the Adams Family on syndication. And that was the first time I've ever seen the Adams Family. I don't recall a station locally to have the Adams Family. So for me, I was deprived of the Adams Family for a long time. Um, and and I, I was, quote, unquote, stuck with the Munsters, even though I, I enjoyed the Munsters <laughs> a lot, too. Um, but... Uh, what do you think what what was it about the monsters that you know throughout those those seventy episodes because it seems like that was our introduction to all of us uh all of them um what was it about it that was that kept you watching and enjoying the show uh, John we'll start with you on that one what was what was the thing about the monsters that you really um liked enjoyed Again, not to the apples and oranges of Adams family and the monsters I don't want to I think it was the universe, you know, the, the world they had built. Um, the intro was cool, pulled you right in. Not as, as Mike said, there was nothing scary about it. It just seemed like a lot of fun between grandpa screwing up whatever magic spells he was trying to pull up and uh, Eddie having problems at school. It just seemed a slightly skewed version of the middle class life that was just outside your front door, you know, but their car was so much cooler. You know, and um, <laughs> oh, so and, much, and a dragon under the front stairs. It just, it was, it was, there's so many, the sight gags were fun. They just, you know, they just, they didn't dwell on it. They just kind of coasted you right through it. It was, uh, it was just a, a fun ride for, especially for a young kid, you know, and I, I never grew out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ricky, I think, uh, I couldn't really put my finger on something specific about the Munsters but it definitely stood apart from other shows on TV. Um, I think the Adams family similarly stood apart, even though the Munsters and the Adams family were both very different shows. So I can't tell you exactly what it is that attracted me to the Munsters, but right from the beginning, right from first seeing them, I, I was hooked. I think it's one of those things where my parents 
didn't know the difference, but I did. Like my parents were just like, <laughs> well, you're just watching, what is it? The Adams, whatever, you know, and then one or the other. And they just, they just mixed them up together. And I'm like, you know, that, you know, they're different mom. Like <laughs> you don't, you don't, you understand and to them. It was just a black and white uh, macabre themed uh series um uh, star Monsters. wars star trek they're all the same exactly exactly <laughs> you know stan lee didn't he create batman you know that kind of thing right. uh, <laughs> uh bambi was there something in the show you said particularly lily right yeah well lily and grandpa probably because at the time i was i guess i was in elementary school and i had just gotten into reading dracula i like to read when i was a kid and uh I had made it through Dracula and suddenly was just vampire, vampire, vampire. I love vampire stuff. <laughs> and stumbling across that show, I was like, what's this? I thought Lily was a vampire and I thought you know, grandpa was her <laughs> grandpa. Or, you I know, think dad, technically I they are. So, you know, it's she's always questionable to me. I mean, grandpa, totally vampire. <laughs> but I was never sure with her, except when I was a little kid, I was, I thought she totally was. So I liked the spooky vampire type stuff that was going on mm. and still like that stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mike, was there something about the series that attracted you as well and kept you watching? Well, the, no matter how monstrous they looked or anything, they were a normal family. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they had the, you know, as I said, the dynamic, you had them, the mother, you had the father, you had the grandfather, you had the son, and you had the niece living with them. The poor, ugly-looking niece. The poor, ugly-looking <laughs> niece. And which was, you know, it was a lot of fun. And there was something about Fred Gwynn's version of Herman that mm-hmm. was so likable. It was impossible to hate the guy or that to be laugh. scared by her. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love the laugh. Oh, it was it was awesome. And I got to meet Fred Gwynn later in years and he was Herman. He literally wow. was what you saw up on the screen, a likable guy and very jovial, very friendly, and that's what was kind of awesome about it. And it was neat to be able to, you know, see that as a kid and, oh, these are, you know, because you had heard about the Wolfman and Frankenstein and Dracula and, you know, and it was just like, it all made sense. And at the time, I had never watched any of these movies. I did, had just heard about them in school and everything. So it was neat to be able to say, well, I know the monster. So it's, you know, pretty cool. <laughs> so it was a neat experience with that. And you know, it was, it was easy to watch. And it also, you did, if you missed an episode or two, you didn't have to know what was going on in the story too. So that made it even easier because, you know, I'll admit it. My mom used to watch dark shadows when I was a kid Mm. and that scared the living hell out of me. (laughs) You know, and then having the monsters, that's almost like the complete opposite of it. And, you know, so it was, it was pretty awesome. And Dark Shadows followed more of a storyline from episode to episode. Didn't yeah. it? it was a soap opera. It was, it's a soap opera. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was a Two true soap opera. Yeah, lost. Yeah, oh, exactly. They, yeah, I mean, Dark Shadows had that soap opera format, so they were serialized. But most sitcoms, most TV shows, uh, were 
episodic um and they that's why i I can't really binge even with the monsters i can't i couldn't like doing research for this i couldn't binge like more than like four or so at a time just because they get so repetitive because they always (laughs) have to say their same you know they always have to say the catch line the catchphrases they always have to like it kind of explain without really explaining everything like Mm because every every time they air somebody's probably watching it for the first time i mean this is before I mean, think about it. This is 1964. Uh, most people uh, have, if they have a TV, they have black and white TVs because um, color is just starting to get out there. But um, uh, um, and, and so, yeah, it's very, you know, they but they certainly weren't like it wasn't like appointment television where you like, um, you know, or not today where you could just binge it and stream it or whatever. I mean, if you missed it, you missed it. <laughs> like, so, um, and that was kind of true indication too. Um, cause if you missed it, you never knew when it was gonna like, Oh, I missed that one. If it was like a two part or something, you never knew when you might see that other part. Um, also, I too, think, they might run them out of order. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But you there was knew. no, uh, you know, and, and on the production side, there's no continuity, you know, or there's very little continuity. There's very little like something, you know, somebody who's an uncle one one episode will later on be like a, a cousin <laughs> or like some like they just they don't like, you know, or might be a completely different character. Actors will play different parts. Um, you know, it's it's it is very like kind of uh with today's mindset of continuity and canon it is frustrating sometimes to watch these shows and and like <laughs> wait a minute that's not right that doesn't you know especially if you're applying the monster mythos to all of them like yeah. you know you're like why is why is grandpa outside during the day you know like yep. why, how, <laughs> how does that work well, grandpa is is dracula lily is a vampire Fred is, I mean, you know, Herman is, is, is Frankenstein's monster. How did they get Eddie? Yep. <laughs> well, it was, the swing, it was the swinging 60s. It's okay. What, 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 I, what I think is interesting is that, you know, uh, Uncle, was it Uncle Lester, right? Who only yeah. appeared like in a brief like episode back in the day is a werewolf as well. So it's like, Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm, there is werewolf. Interesting. There is, there is werewolf like blood in that DNA, but like, or maybe Lily like... just had him call him Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie had lots of aunts and uncles growing up. That's all yeah. we'll say. My entire childhood. Yeah, really, really. Um, <laughs> but one thing that I think I glommed onto and the thing that uh, i really appreciated about the monsters was uh the relationship between uh herman and uh grandpa like they were like a great one-two act like you know i mean uh they were they were always getting into misadventures doing stuff and it just uh i think that's why i kept watching because the other characters i thought were okay i do find it interesting that none of us have said that Eddie like was pulled us in, even though we were all kids. So Eddie should be the one that we glom onto. Isn't that the theory from them when they're producing like, Oh, we have to have a kid in it because we need a kid's perspective because kids are watching this. And yet none of us really 
one of the none of us cared about the kid, right? That might be the theory, but I hated Cousin Oliver. <laughs> it's true. That's required. <laughs> that's a, that's another that's another ten years in the future. Cousin, Cousin Oliver. They had the same theory about me about, about Robin. No one wanted to be Robin. Everyone wanted to be Batman. Yeah. And when when you want to hang out with the monsters, because both Grandpa and Herman had childlike aspects to them, you felt like they were the big kids. You wanted to hang with them. Well, it's interesting too because you know Al Lewis and Fred Gwynn had such amazing chemistry together, yeah, anyway, absolutely. and they originally appeared together on Car Fifty Four. Where are you? Before yeah, that, so they had a head start before anybody else in terms of working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, and just the dynamic. And truthfully, you know, if you ever you know have seen interviews with Al Lewis or anything, it wasn't much of a stretch for him to play no. Grandpa. You know, <laughs> it really wasn't. <laughs> The great thing about I, Grandpa is he could be grumpy, but he wasn't so grumpy he put you off that you disliked right, him. Right, right. You know, and occasionally he'd he'd go through cycles. He'd warm up to Herman. He'd be mad at Herman. You know, and Herman would be uh, bordering on mature, okay. and then like <laughs> you know, he'd be doing something you know else. But the uh, the innocence of her of Herman, played by Fred Gwynn, was like something that I thought was actually as compelling to watching it, watching the episodes this time. I just, uh, just felt like enamored by his performance. He just really pulls you in because he's yeah. such a, he's such an, you know, I mean, I I guess in the, in the original sitcom, he's supposed to be, they're supposed to be over a hundred years old. Cause I think in one episode, they celebrate their 100th anniversary married. Yeah. So they're, right. they've been around for a while. Um, but Herman acts like he just was, was, <laughs> was created like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> he like, doesn't know how banks work. He doesn't know how like, things <laughs> work. like he doesn't know like things like how to, well, I don't know how banks work either. So I can't blame <laughs> him. Yeah. Wait a minute. Mike. I know. But it, but it was also, it was also really interesting like- too, because the characters, you know, always wanted to be shown as normal. And they were always shocked when the neighbors or the, their coworkers or people, you know, coming to the house when they came to the door or something. Oh my God, it's a monster! Rah! You know, run and everything. And they are always shocked that that happened. And very strange. Exactly. And exactly. clearly, they don't have an HOA because. Oh right. no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know if this was pre... Well, they're in the suburbs. I don't know if there were HOAs then. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know the history of HOAs. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I can't imagine... Uh, well, I'm I'm pretty sure that... I don't know. That probably was an episode, right? Where it came up or something. I don't know. Because that's that's the other thing. They didn't do... They didn't do like outlandish fantasy things. They did normal... Like they took what like the same plot lines that my three sons and leave it to beaver and all those things shows were doing. And they just applied them as to, to monsters doing it. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it was a great, like sort of satire really on, on that kind of sitcom, the family sitcom. Uh, I don't know if they really, you know, thought of it that way when they were making it, but looking back on it now, I feel like they were, uh, a little bit more subversive, maybe not completely, but I think they were the one of the the monsters was one of the I think maybe the one of the first 
times I'd seen a sitcom and the the husband and wife are in the same bed. Really? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, Dick, it was okay think, because they were monsters. I think Dick Van Dyke though, <laughs> was one of the first ones that did that. But I think monsters were very close behind that. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Did I love Lucy do that? No, no. they did not. No, oh, no. They had, they had separate beds. Big separate. Time. Little Ricky was a and, miracle. Yeah, yeah. I was like wondering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Eddie was the opposite. Uh, um, um, do we have any thought? Continuity, Mike. What's you seen about continuity before? Uh-huh. Uh, they changed their appearance over the over part of the first season. And if you watch those episodes out of order, you have clueless why Herman looks goofy in one and far more foreboding in another one. Because they they softened his appearance over the first I don't know thirteen weeks or something like that. I forget. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of changes there. I mean, uh, um, Marilyn was played by Beverly Owen in the first 13 episodes, yeah, right. and then she was right. replaced by Pat Priest. Um, I, I saw uh, a, a uh, making of documentary, and it, it was brutal, but it was kind of true because it said that when that first episode, when Pat Priest uh, replaced Beverly Owen, when that aired, nobody knew the difference <laughs> like i was like oh. <laughs> well they had hired someone to look almost exactly like her they hired she got the job because she could fit into the wardrobe like she was yeah. supposed wow. to i mean she was she was supposed to be like very similar so um i don't on either one of them and then when they did the movie it's a different one uh actually when they do yeah, monster yeah. go home it's a different if it is a different marilyn uh when they do monsters revenge it's a different marilyn um it's a different eddie on answers revenge and then later on later on later on i mean there's been i don't think people realize the the history of this franchise and that uh just taking herman uh munster that character uh daniel roebuck who plays him in the new rob zombie movie he's the sixth actor to play herman over the 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 last 60 or whatever it's been years oh, it's grandpa and uh and, played grandpa mikey Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, right, you're right. So, um, so yeah. I, I mean, it's like, um, it's, it's, it's amazing to me, like how many iterations of these characters there been, but the the original series just has a huge shadow over all of those. Um, have any of you seen? the follow-ups to the series because there have been a few. i didn't realize there was were as many as there were yeah. no i was day, shocked until, yeah. yeah yeah there's uh there like i said there were the two movies after uh the series ended in like i said it only went two seasons uh so the, in 1966 it was over uh i do think for the record for those people counting um it did end uh after uh, the Adams family. So it did. Uh, uh, the well, Adams family lasted two years too. The last, uh, the last episode of the Adams family was in April eighth of '66, uh, and the Munsters made it to May twelfth. So they actually <laughs> technically beat the Adams family as far as uh, their initial run. Uh, I think they have more episodes too. Uh, yeah, the Munsters have 70 episodes and the Adams family only have 64. So I don't know. Like I said, if you're doing a competition, like that, that it is, but, um, but you know, they said Batman killed the Munsters. Yep. Yeah. Well, I killed both of them. 
um, because, well, yeah, I mean, they both ended at the same time. And I think people wanted, uh, well, the prevailing opinion is that people wanted color, exciting color shows. Um, and Batman was offering that. And so the, a lot of the other shows of that kind of fantasy element, the, the sitcoms just kind of couldn't, couldn't hold a candle to them. We had some that switched, like Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Uh, I believe I Dream of Genie was originally black and white. I think you're right. I think you're right. Bewitched, yeah. too. Bewitched. Yeah, Bewitched, yeah. Lost in Space. Lost Went in from space. black and white in color. Um, you had some that made the switch in 66. Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. The Munsters was supposed to be in color. The pilot was filmed in color. Um, and, uh, that's available if anybody wants to see it. That's available on YouTube, at least part of it anyway. Um, that's weird. The original, the original, uh, pilot is, is a very different show. There's a different Eddie. The character of Eddie is completely different. Um, and the color looks okay, but, um, but I know that, uh, the other day when we were talking, uh, Ricky, you made an interesting observation that the Munsters is better served in black and white. You think? I think yeah. I think the Munsters worked in black and white. I do think Munsters Go Home was okay in color, but it didn't look like the pilot. Mm-hmm. That's true. It was, oh. it was like a different look to the Munsters Go Home. And I'm sure part of it was the makeup and part of it was the way that was shot. But part of it was just the actors were comfortable playing those roles by then. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it both ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because we only saw Fred Gwynn and that crew, we only saw them in color twice. Uh, the the movie, A Monster Go Home, and then Monster's Revenge after that, uh, which was like 20 years after that. It was like in 81 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so a big jump there. But uh, And I did read that uh the uh that fred and al asked for they hired the same makeup people that worked oh, on the wow. on the show for those those two movies because they wanted to keep the the look consistent um yeah and and i do think that the one thing that the monsters had was that they had the library and they could use the universal monsters uh yeah. they could like you know fred uh sorry um Herman could look like the Frankenstein's monster that Boris Karloff played with the bolts and the flat head because it was a universal thing because nobody else other than universal was was allowed to use that kind of look for that monster um similarly you have like uh, a creature from the black lagoon showing up as he's an uncle right to uncle gilman yes. is that something like that yep. uncle gil yeah Yes. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> which was which was awesome to see. <laughs> Uncle Gil. <laughs> yeah. Uh and you have uh I mean grandpa's never named uh well they they do call him the count. Right. And uh Lily does say uh in an episode that I watched where she's filling out a application at the unemployment office, she does say her last name is Dracula. Oh, okay. So, uh, so they are, um, they are considered Draculas. Um, and, uh, the bat necklace. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, Draculas. <laughs> so, 
after the movies, after uh, Fred and Al and that crew were done, uh, they did a cartoon uh, called, what was that, on Saturday mornings? I don't think that lasted very long. The Mini Monsters? I never saw that. I'm not familiar. I never even heard of it. Actually, actually, I'm sorry. It was an animated one-hour special, and it didn't go anywhere after that. So Okay, uh, that makes more sense. That would have been pretty good. uh, And then in 88 to 91, uh, lasting 72 episodes, two more episodes than the original run, we have The Monsters Today, and that's got John Shuck as Herman, Lee Merriweather, uh, former sorry, Catwoman, as Lily, and uh, Jason Marsden as Eddie. Um, I have seen very little of this show, and what I saw it didn't really click. Yep. Uh, I don't um, it's supposed to be a continuation. There's a 22-year gap that Grandpa actually put the family to sleep in, like, cryogenic freeze, and then they wake <laughs> up in the 80s. forgot about that. Um, so they're supposed <laughs> to be the same exact family. I think that was a mistake. I think they should have just rebooted. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It did not have the same charm. No. Right. Did you, have you guys, so you guys have seen that, too? Yeah, but I did, if, you had, if, you had, if my life depended on it, I couldn't have told you they went for two years. Yeah. I would have said maybe half a year. Yeah, yeah I'd I watched maybe one or two. Early from the first season. Mm-hmm. It was interesting, I, too, because the chemistry wasn't there between any of the characters. No, no. It was almost, it was felt a lot of times it was almost forced, but it was also nice to see, oh, they're back, the monsters. But it wasn't, if they would have had some of the same actors or same, but it never really touched home for a lot of people. It was nice to see the ads that it was coming. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not so great. Uh, They also had, I'm not sure the year on this, but they also had a Christmas, uh, a scary little Christmas special um, with completely different actors from, from Munster's Day and everything. Um, And that, that I saw a couple of scenes from that and that was painful. (laughs) It's like there's some sort of mix up and um with Herman and Santa or something like that, and it's just it 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 was tough to watch. Um so I think a lot of those are available on YouTube. I'm not sure. Uh I saw scenes of them, but uh, that's all I really wanted to see. <laughs> um now in twenty twelve, Netflix or I think NBC uh tried out a new, totally new revamp of the monsters called Mockingbird Lane. Now, this was a one-hour drama. Oh, was was that with a, Eddie Izzard oh. as Grandpa? Eddie Izzard, Eddie, yeah. Oh, and then uh, I, I think um, Jerry McConnell was Herman. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember the other cast members, but um, did you guys... I I remember watching this, yeah. but I, I think I liked... I liked, but I like Eddie Izzard anyway. So if he was in anything, I think I would enjoy him. But the rest of it, I didn't. This was not what I was wanting. Let's put it that way. I thought it was good for what it was. Okay. It's my understanding that it was originally going to be a pilot episode for a new show. Yeah. And spent so much (laughs) money making it that they just did a one off. They spent the whole budget for the show on the first episode. That's what I heard. I really like well, it. Wow. 
I like you it. Like, you you like the, the guy green light? It got yeah. a stake through the heart. What uh, yeah. what 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 did you like about it? Um, I it was significantly different than the original, but it was enough different where it felt like it was a new spin, enough of a new spin where it didn't offend me, I guess, because mm-hmm. they weren't screwing, you know, screwing up things. Right. It was clearly done differently. Yeah. And I just, I thought it was gorgeous the way that like the special effects and stuff that they chose to use for it worked. Like there was like the scene with uh, Lily's dress. I think yeah. it's the, the bats or spy. I can't remember if it was bats or spiders, but I was like, man, that was cool. I liked that. <laughs> I thought it was a good show. Um, it it may not have been my first choice for a Munsters mm-hmm. reboot, but I would have watched it. Yeah, I wanted to watch the whole thing. I wanted to I, see more. I wow. I I probably would. I don't know. I I think um, Eddie Izzard would have kept me interested at least, and the and the and the material just because I would have been interested. I don't know, but it, when when I found out it was just a one off and they weren't it wasn't going to go to series. I, I didn't cry. Like, I wasn't like, because uh, I do think, I mean, look, when you see actor after actor after actor coming in and trying to recreate Fred Gwynn's performance, trying to recreate Al Lewis's performance, uh, trying to recreate Yvonne DiCarlo's performance in, in the original series, that gets painful, right? Mm-hmm. So I guys really didn't seem to be trying to recreate the original. Well, that's just, just it. With Mockingbird Lane, they didn't even, they just said, you know, we're going to do something completely different. And therefore, we don't have that shadow over us. Right. And so we're, we're completely reinventing things. Uh, Mike, did you see any of that? Uh, did you have any thoughts on any of those? I saw the trailer for it and it just turned me off. And so it was just like, I think I'll pass on this, like pass on the uh, other series. And it's just like, let the monsters rest in peace, basically, is my thought. <laughs> well, uh, Netflix said, no, we're not going to let them rest in peace. No, and, Netflix and, didn't listen and, to me. And uh, appropriately enough, a person named Rob Zombie, named Zombie, uh, brings the monsters back to life with a new uh, movie that uh, just premiered on Netflix uh, this past week. Um, this is a prequel to the original series. Uh, so it shows um, uh, Herman and Lily uh, first meeting and falling in love and getting married, et cetera, et cetera. And it's got a few uh, callbacks to the original series, a few characters, familiar characters, but obviously it's got, it's not like, you know, it doesn't have Eddie and uh, Marilyn or anything like that. Um, so, but it does have a reference to Car Fifty Four. Where are you? It does. Yes, it, it does. does. It does. I, yeah. I, I actually almost smiled at that one. Yeah. The almost. um. <laughs> the uh, the uh, Monster Go Home. There's a that's the that's the first one that I I uh, uh, I watched that this week, and there is a point where Herman and Grandpa are, are find something and they need to go to the police. And Herman freaks out and he's like, we got to call somebody. We got to call somebody. We got to call the police. We got to call Scott Yard. We got to call Batman. And I'm like, that's funny. And then he <laughs> says, then he says, then he just freaks out car 54. Where are you? And I, I was like, Herman saying that Fred Gwynn saying that without Lewis next to him, that was really funny. Um, and so the, uh, 
the fact that he that zombie repeats that i think is a nice is a fun callback there's a lot of callbacks to the show uh a lot of characters and everything like that uh i could tell that um i could tell that zombie was a fan let's put it that way yeah. uh because he because he was he knew his stuff you know he knew the monsters uh and uh but i know you guys have all seen it so let's talk about how we felt about the prequel movie that just came out um <laughs> i don't know mike should we start with you do you want to just get it out there you can only go up from there exactly <laughs> that's very true no it was an hour and 47 minutes and 30 seconds that i will never get back from my life and <laughs> It was it was interesting. We watched it on Thursday, and Judy and I were like, "Ah, let's give it a chance." Since we're doing, you know, so many people have been liking it on Facebook, and you know, people I know and actually sometimes respect, but you know, their taste. But um, not anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it, it it was interesting. Um, I, I went in with an open mind thinking, oh, this is going to be fun. This could be great. I'm not a huge Rob Zombie fan. I wasn't a huge fan of some of his projects in the past and everything that he's done. So, you know, I've been following the making of it, the casting and everything. I was like, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it. It, I didn't find it funny. I didn't find, I found it very forced and I didn't see any chemistry between any of the characters at all. And I actually, the only character I actually even really liked was seeing grandpa. I loved it. It was a total homage to Al Lewis. And you could tell the actor they had who I've seen in many, many different projects was a fan of Al Lewis and was trying to channel him and did a really good job of it. Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. Um, that was my bright spot for it. Second bright spot, of course, Sylvester McCoy as Igor <laughs> and everything, which was really cool to see. And so other than that, though, I was just, you know, I, I found myself bored with it. I found myself, you know, trying to follow, I was following along, watching the story. And it was like, if they would have had it at an hour and condensed, it might have been a little easier, but I thought it was too spread out. And in a lot of ways, you know, just they were just filling time. And, you know, I won't be going back to this one. I don't know what the plan is, if there's going to be any more. It is it is creating quite the well, not like it. You know, everything that comes out gets like it. You know, either people love it or they hate it. It's the worst thing or it's the best thing. Um, so. Yeah, but this has been getting a lot of, of mixed reviews from from people who, like you said, Mike, people who really like the franchise and people who like have liked it and not liked it. So there's, a, it's definitely not. It, yeah, it's uh, uh, your mileage might vary on on this mm -hmm. one. So, John, what was your what was your mileage on the uh, the Rob Zombie uh, prequel film? I get a little further down the road than Mike. Um, I, I, I no, I no preconceived notions. I didn't follow the making of it. Only that it was being made. Um, Butch Patrick, when I saw him uh, at at uh, Eternal Con, said hey, they did a great job. But you know, you don't know if he's just, you know, standing up for the franchise. But um, 
He so did. What? He did do a voice, so he did get paid. So technically, he he... <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I so I, I actually I downloaded my iPad and I watched it uh, on a commute, on the commute last week. Um, and I got halfway through on the way home one night, and I realized at a certain point I was smiling. Um, it was it great, no. Uh, but I thought the pal- the color palette was gorgeous. A lot of the shots were great costuming and 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 um it checked off a lot of boxes costuming makeup um a lot of boxes got checked um like you said a lot of callbacks to the original series there were costumes they lifted from the original series like do you remember what uh, herman when he was um it, it must have been his earlier shot within in the furry suit you know what yep yeah he lost his lust he was trying to that was in there i thought the guy who played uh herman munster did a good job of playing Herman Munster, as played by Fred Gwynn, I thought he did a better job of that than a lot of the other people who've tried to play Herman Munster. I thought uh, the Eddie Izzard as grandpa version, uh, who is it who played? uh, Grandpa here? Grandpa here? Uh, Daniel Roebuck? Herman. Herman. Herman Oh, Herman. uh, Jerry O'Connell? Oh, Jerry O'Connell, yeah. Uh, I I thought he did his own thing, but it definitely wasn't Fred Gwynn. Like he just went a completely different direction. Right. But as far as the guys who tried to pull it off the way that Fred Gwynn did, I thought this guy did a better job than anybody else besides yeah. Fred Gwynn. Um, after hearing so many complaints about Sherry, mm-hmm. I thought she did a pretty good job. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting her to just be terrible from what I'd heard about it, but I actually thought she was fine. Uh, I liked the story after they came to the United States. Mm-hmm. I thought from there on, it was a pretty good story. I no thought spoilers. <laughs> building up to that, uh, it dragged a lot. And there were things that just didn't need to be in the movie. Uh, I, I too am of the opinion that it could have been trimmed down. I think it could have been an hour and it would have been fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So unlike most people who either loved it or hated it, I'm kind of in the middle. Eh, It was good, but it wasn't great. Yeah. I think that's where I stand too. I think I, I mean, I enjoyed it um overall uh but i can't say that you know i mean if they decide to go to series with this i'll check it out if if not then i'm fine with that too um i think that uh everybody's talked about the the lighting and the 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 set design and the costumes and everything and i agree i think that was all i find it really funny because interviews with rob says that he wanted to film it in black and white and (laughs) uh and i'm like man you don't show that at all because it's so full of color. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, and it's so, it's that, um, I think, Ricky, did you say campy color? I like that because it's like yeah. that yeah. sort of like color from yeah. the 60s, like the Batman from the yeah. 60s yes. color, right? Like yeah. it's that kind, it's of, that kind of, yeah, that's what I really dig that. And it's I think very, that they all. Very in your face style of lighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I like I appreciated that. I thought the makeup on all of them was great. Uh the costumes were great. I did really appreciate that. Um I preferred the stuff in Transylvania. 
Um, when it got to America, I was kind of like, to me, I was just kind of like waiting for it to like, I'm like, how long, much longer is this going to go? Like, how, like, how far are they going to match this up? You know, I, I really thought maybe the last line, well, I'm spoilers here, maybe, but I thought the last line of the series was going to be like Herman, I'm pregnant, you know, like, like I thought that was going to like lead, lead. Cause it seemed like it was leading right to the, the 60 series. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, although, and it fooled, and, and the last line really fooled me because that's not what <laughs> happens at the end. <laughs> I was nope. like, Oh, they, what? Um, anyway, uh, I, Daniel Roebuck, we've said a lot about him and he does a great job. I, I, I agree with all of that. Uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips, who plays Herman, he's he pulls enough from fred gwynn like you said the laugh is great like the laugh was i almost thought they audio in fred gwynn's laugh you know maybe oh wow. it's, it's i don't think they did but it's so good um but the innocence wasn't there like the fred gwynn like sort of innocent like i don't know what that is or childlike, I, yeah. yeah the childlike innocence was gone instead we get this sort of teenage rebellious yeah you know bad comedian uh herman and i was like he's playing it really well but that's not the herman that i want to see necessarily um so that was it was, it's like it looks like herman and it sounds like herman but um you know I, I, like yeah it doesn't have that innocence which you know it, it i do appreciate that they didn't try to like or they they did sort of take the little bit but then they you know he rob zombie let Jeff Daniel Phillips like make it its own his own like he's like I don't want to just ape Fred Gwynn yeah. I don't want to be a second rate Fred Gwynn you know um, so you know it's a choice and and I still thought he was fun uh, through a lot of it and the, the the various costumes I loved especially the beach stuff that was great yeah. um, I did not care for Sherry Moon Zombie uh, I did not think she played a great Lily I thought she was too like 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 she was i'm like lily doesn't talk like that like she's like the lily i know she doesn't she's not katherine hepburn like she's not, like she's, oh she no definitely not songy voice um no, Lil- lily was the one who always felt like was in control of the whole situation yeah. and yeah. everything yeah yeah i thought yeah. some of her agency was was not there but oh the, my goodness ah there was a tone she hit that was similar to one of the say the three or four main Lily tones, but she hit that and stayed there. Yeah, yeah. 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 I feel like the original Lily was more the straight man of the show. Yeah, and yeah, this, yeah. And that's so. Um, she was a little bit um, not goofy, but uh, flighty almost. Yeah, flighty is a good Lily way to put grounded. it. Yeah. But I do think that she did a good job of playing her version of Lily. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah sure. Yeah. Just to be garbage from what other people had said. That's what I thought. Yeah. And I, and I thought that they had a, I mean, I think she's, that's the other thing. And I know she's playing a vampire character. So whatever. But to me, she also seemed like much older than Herman, the actor, actor wise. And I thought that was a weird sort of dynamic there. Um, but I didn't like, yeah, the people dumping on her, I, I think the choices that she made, I didn't necessarily agree with, but that was what she they, she did, and she ran with it. Uh, and I did think there was some chemistry between her and Jeff Daniel Phillips. Um, so, and I did, 
I thought that Jeff, Dan- more importantly, I thought Jeff Daniel Phillips had chemistry with Daniel Roebuck because they did sort of have two scenes. And I'm like, there it is, that spark between these guys. But of course, this this is not that story. <laughs> like, this is not, this is, but was, this is when, you know, uh, the, the way the story is being told, like, Grandpa is like, not really a fan um to say the least and and doesn't want to have anything to do with them and so yeah you're not going to get the team up um so uh other things i liked uh count arlock was my like favorite new character i love count arlock i thought he was so fun i want to i want to see a spinoff movie with count arlock yeah um i would be totally over uh that um lester was okay was he his photo these photos yeah i loved it i was like those are the rats yeah like oh yeah don't you want to touch his nose (laughs) exactly (laughs) i'm like you know substitute the r for the c and i'm like oh my god that's me (laughs) (laughs) i wish he was joking folks i really wish he was joking about that yeah um but uh and I like you know the the nice the callbacks like I said we do get uh um uh Uncle Gilly right in there yeah. and the, the outfits and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um the only scene that I thought that really kind of dragged the the Transylvania stuff down for me and could have been cut if we want to tie them was the uh I got you babe scene. That oh, added oh. like nothing. Like that yeah. was awful was, <laughs> i just yes, thought it was. that was uncomfortable yeah that was almost yeah that was kind of painful to watch i didn't i didn't think i had to explain to bambi that that was a sunny and Cher reference yeah. <laughs> well, I thought, like, you know like when they started singing i was like oh okay it's mostly the wig her wig she was wearing i was like okay i get it but it it was way too long it was gotcha that could have been a little vignette um, yeah. You know. yeah yeah that should have been on the d that should have been a, that should have been a deleted scene on the dvd <laughs> uh, the blu-ray yeah. right um so so okay so we all well most of us got a little bit out of it uh mike sorry it didn't work out for you uh but maybe if you had prepped by uh watching some of the other horrible versions of the monsters that have come out <laughs> before it, about it. maybe yeah. you would have thought better about it and maybe if i hadn't done that maybe i would have dumped on the movie as, as much i don't know who knows but I well, do think I didn't it was watching the other versions I recently didn't... and I still came away with it kind of a mixed yeah. bag. Yeah. I do yeah. think that it like I said, I, I think it's the best version of the Munsters since the series. But I think we all agree that the series is what brought us to the table yep. and that's where yeah. the legacy really begins and and you know may continue yeah. in some way format in the future. Who knows? But uh, um, before we wrap up, um, I'm just going to go to everybody. What is your favorite monsters memory of the series? This episode, a scene, anything like that? Monsters. I said monsters. No, you said monsters. Anyway, monsters. Monsters Monsters, Inc. Is that what we're talking about? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) um, Bambi, we'll start with you. Dragula, the car. (laughs) Uh, Freaking awesome. (laughs) Yes. It, both in color in Monster Go Home and in the episode Hot Rod Herman. Yeah. Uh, those are, if you are big fans of the Chuck Barris cars, like those are, yep, yep. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Yep. So cool. I think that's the other reason why I kind of like Dig the Monsters too, because it's got that rockabilly 
uh, aesthetic that kind of goes with Tiki as well. But um, yeah. it's got monsters. It's got rockabilly. It's got that sort of like aesthetic there. The music, I you know, as far as the theme song, it's like it's really cool. <laughs> uh, Ricky, what about you? Scene episode. I'm more of a fan of the monstrous coach than the Dragula. The coat, yeah, okay. the coach was pretty freaking awesome. Yep. Yeah. I, <laughs> yep. Yeah. I remember the Dragula from the show, but I really think of the coach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, it's You're like right. the Batmobile. You know, yeah. yeah, there were other vehicles on Batman, but I don't really think about them. Yeah. If it weren't for the Rob Zombie song about the Dragula, I probably. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but the coach definitely i mm-hmm. a lot of people a lot of people yeah. surprised that song wasn't in the rob zombie film but uh yeah. i guess he thought that was too on the nose uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh john what do you what do you think <sighs> um well again one of my favorite characters was the house mm, you know yeah. the stairs yeah. that open up the, the spot you saw his you saw his nose, you saw his tail. That's pretty much all you saw. Um, uh, you wanted grandpa, you want to be stomped on the floor. It was, <laughs> it was a great little, great little bunch of set pieces. You know, the, um, I wanted to see what else was, was in that house. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. So, but, but again, I mean, I'm going to steal Ricky's, but you know, I, mm, yeah, embarrassed. And the same guy built 66 and built this. So yeah. The yeah. And the Batmobile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Batmobile, the which, the mon- which 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 uh, killed the uh, the monster show. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what about you? What uh, a monsters a monsters memory? <laughs> oh, for me, especially as a little kid, was Spot. It had to be Spot. It was it was awesome. Also, loving that the telephone was in a coffin <laughs> and yeah. was just awesome. It you know the, all the little things in the house. And then the same thing, like John said, having to bang on the floor to get grandpa to come up. And it was, you know, coming out of the, the dungeon door in the floor and everything was like, it was just awesome. And I just loved the character in the house. But, you know, sometimes it felt like that was an additional character on the show. And, you know, you had the main characters, but then you had the house too. And it was always always great and sometimes like when i was a kid i was used to get their house and the adams family you know house met, mixed up and everything mm-hmm. you know expecting to hear when somebody rang the doorbell you to go <laughs> you know or something like that <laughs> you but rang it, exactly the, the monsters couldn't afford a butler no well it was always <laughs> interesting too because you know a friend of mine we were at lunch one day not that long ago saying you know it's really interesting the monsters and the adams family they probably wouldn't get along because the monsters were very blue collar and everything where the, you oh, know, yeah. where the atoms were more upper crust. They, you know, they didn't work. They old had, money. they were, they had very old money. So <laughs> it was very interesting to see, but it was an interesting series and I loved it. And I, anytime it's on TV and, you know, on streaming or whatever, I'll pop up an episode just to watch. It's a ton of fun with that. Yeah, and it is available. Uh, I'm sure it's available on on Blu-ray and DVD and all that. But uh, I also oh, know it's yeah. available on P- on Peacock because that's how I streamed a lot of uh, the episodes yeah. as well. Um, 
I'll just say two things real quick. Um, I know we talked about Eddie a little bit, not much because we didn't really identify with him. I will say I wanted that that doll. I wanted that <laughs> that Wolfman doll. Wolfie. I didn't really care for Eddie, but man, Wolfie it was like, man, how do I get a Wolfie? I don't know if they ever marketed those. They should market those Wolfies because because that would be really cool. Um, and also, if you're looking for an episode that's kind of cool and fun to watch of uh, the Munsters, pull up uh, the episode. I guess it's from second season called "Just Another Pretty Face," where there's an accident in the be in the in uh, Grandpa's lab, and Herman gets turned into Fred Gwynn. Like he, like he, like he has no makeup. He has no. He's got not no padding or anything. Um, he uh, he goes in he. He's just Fred Gwynn for the almost the entire episode and the reaction of the family as well as himself and everything around him is just hilarious. Uh, Dom DeLuise has a cameo in that one. Oh, in that wow. episode. Well, yeah. A very young. I don't even know if I've ever seen Dom DeLuise that young. Anyway. All right. So that's enough about the must monsters. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, we will be right back and close out the show. Shivers down your spine Shrieking skulls will shock your soul Seal your doom tonight Spooky, scary skeletons Speak with such a... Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela. And this week, this geek girl is talking about the Rob Zombie, the Munsters movie on Netflix. It's October, and that means all the fun and spooky movies are coming out. Rob Zombie's The Monsters film is on Netflix, and it is a fun film with a PG rating. However, I am really indifferent to it also. I didn't hate it, but I also feel like it was too long and took out the one thing that made a lot of the Monsters comedy work, the odd one out. Since this movie is set when Lily and Herman first meet, so we don't have the comedy of them living with their niece, who is by society normal and by the family the weird one which is what made a lot of the humor in the TV show funny. They were the weird ones in a normal world, thinking they were the normal ones. My favorite thing about this film was Sylvester McCoy as Igor. Every scene he was in was a delight, and I was so happy he was in this film. I also really loved Daniel Roebuck's portrayal of Grandpa. It was just, it was great. He was one of my favorite characters for this whole film. There were also some great cameos as well, like Butch Patrick, Dee Wallace, and Cassandra Peterson. I do not want to spoil the film since it is a fun watch and being PG means that you can watch it with a younger audience as well. Zombie really understands the look and the feel of the monsters and this film was very lovely to look at. The jokes will resonate with older fans but may go over the heads of younger ones. But it is still a fun film that was wonderfully shot. I do hope if there is a sequel made that we will get to see the kids in it, since I would be very interested to see how the jokes will change with the addition of Eddie and their niece, Marilyn. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. We have 30 seconds to describe Thunder Talk. We got big interviews. Super red music. What proud members of the ESO Network. Yeah, they're probably going to fire us. I wouldn't blame them. We've got jokes. Adult jokes. And nerd junk. Woke nerd junk. All the woke nerd junk. Find Thunder Talk on the internet. And the ESO Network. Ta-da!
So let's go wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Let's thank everybody for joining us. Ricky and Bambi, thank you guys so much for being here. And you guys were on video with us too. It was awesome. (laughs) So we actually get to see your facial reactions and everything. (laughs) The eye rolls, you know, that type of stuff. It's like really awesome. (laughs) So what do you guys got going on and everything? Anything coming up or anything you want to shout out about? Uh, For those of you who collect vintage toys, Toylanta is coming up. March of 2023. Yes. So uh, people are traveling from all over the world Mm -hmm. to come to Toylanta right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Awesome. Uh, So that's coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've always got shows as Radio Cult and Possum Kingdom Ramblers. Just check out Radio Cult on Facebook to see uh, what we've got going on there. And if you want to listen to our music, Radio Cult or the Possum Kingdom Ramblers on Spotify. There or you Apple go. Music or wherever. Or YouTube. Yeah, wherever, wherever you listen, you listen to music. To music. Mm-hmm. Wherever you listen to good music, they're there also. Which is awesome. <laughs> Spoiling it. <laughs> exactly. Which is awesome. Guys, it was awesome. Nice talking to you guys again. And it was fun talking to you guys, not talking about music this time. It was fun talking about <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> which is even better. Thank you guys so, so much. Thanks for having us. Meow, meow. <laughs> and Mr. McCarthy, you made it with us again. It was Good. awesome to see you, my friend. Good to see you guys. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Awesome. Anything you want to shout out about or anything? Um, oh, I'm just going through my, my, my video to watch list is getting bigger than my to be read list. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been enjoying uh, Rings of Power lately. I think it's finally beginning to pick up a little bit where people can stop complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they'll still complain. Trust me. Yeah, they'll yeah, still yeah. complain. Not gonna, yeah, there's always going to be those people. Yeah, exactly. That, but things are, things are quiet, so we're good. Well, that's good, my friend. It was awesome to see you again, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. And Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, sir. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Absolutely. Uh, especially my pleasure this time of year, because we this is our first episode in our countdown to Halloween. And uh, we've got a lot of great programs coming up for a lot of great subjects coming up for you in the next couple of weeks uh, regarding that. Uh, but uh, uh, since it's the beginning of October, uh, there's a lot of friends, a lot of people out there that are doing things for October for Halloween themes that you don't usually see usually for other holidays. So there's a lot of people like reviewing uh, like I do uh, review uh, movies, uh, movies a day, uh, horror movies, uh, two of our former network uh colleagues dave west and uh john morgan neal uh separately are doing movie reviews for this month and there's a lot of cool artists taking part in inktober which is uh doing a drawing a or illustration a day releasing that that's halloween themed uh some of them are going by there's a like a uh a list a set list. Uh, I guess I don't know who makes these lists up. The the Inktober board of directors or something <laughs> like <laughs> like. Yeah. Uh, but but they come up with a set list of to- of uh, subjects. Um, and some just do their own thing. But uh, two folks that um, that I definitely think you should check out every day are they provided covers for the new issue of Tiki Zombie. One is Jennifer Brumall and the other is Jazz Ingram. Uh, they both are doing great work uh, for us uh, or not for, well, for them for October. So um, check their sites out. We'll have links for that in the show notes. 
and jazz is is our band. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, there's some sort of connection there. I yeah, Yeah. okay. That's oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, very cool. That is awesome. You know, it's kind of cool because I know October is your month. You like, you like go. All right, this is what I got planned, and this is like middle of summer, and you go, okay, we got this, this, and this. I have countdown to Halloween. I'm not kidding. I have countdown Halloween subjects uh, scheduled for the next five years. Nice. That's awesome. (laughs) God, how old will we be then? Oh, don't want to go. Don't. No. 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 Okay. Um, Last night, got to go see some live music. We actually got to see REM last night. Oh, well, wow. A portion of REM, I should say. Yeah. Um, Mike Mills of REM um, was working with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, and he came up with a program that's going to eventually be touring the country. And it is really awesome. Uh, it's REM Explored, and it is all their music is reworked in symphony and everything and it was amazing and he came up with a new concerto um of his own creation and was amazing but you know it was neat to hear and everything and the whole first part of the evening was the aso by themselves but they were playing all rem music but mixed you know mixed into orchestral and it was amazing to hear and it worked really really well and then Mm -hmm. and but then it was great to hear him um you know mike mills playing to see him and then when he sat at the piano and then started playing night swimming by rem everyone just exploded and it was like it was just it was awesome. And then for the encore, they played uh, Losing My Religion, which was just oh, equally wow. as well. And so, and, but it was funny too, because they had to send out, the ASO had to send out um, special notices saying that Mike Mills was the only member of REM that actually would be there. This is not <laughs> REM. Other, you know, and so it was kind of cool to see that. And, you know, I, first time I saw REM, God, I'm going to date myself is going back almost 39 years. So, wow. and everything. So, what tour was that? Um, Murmur just came out. Oh, uh, man. That would and they were playing a, a bar in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, they were playing, I think, um, down in Georgetown. And it was awesome. It was maybe them in front of like 200 people 250 people and aria was, was my first concert was it yep wow. that's awesome we might have to do a show on rem i think i think would be kind I, of there. I think, then, yeah. yeah i, I can see that for, for a music episode i think that might be one to go to explore and you know because like judy when she started going to uga and she started, you know, she saw them play on the football field and wow. at, at Georgia Stadium and everything. So it was actually pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, it was a neat evening and everyone left with a smile on their face. More than I could say about the monsters. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I had to throw that right in. I had to throw it in. But Mr. Mike, next week, what do we got going on for Halloween? Next week, we are going even older school, like old, old school. 
We are uh, doing an ESO movie review. Our movie crew will be here, and we are going to take a look at Nosferatu, which celebrates its oh. 100th year. Of uh, and it's a it's a movie that we almost didn't have was uh, almost all the prints of it were destroyed, uh, but uh, on purpose, um, and yet it exists and it's quite influential and you know we'll get into all of that next week but uh, we've got a great crew lined up to talk all about Nosferatu and one of our movie crew has never seen it before and not only that but she's never even watched a silent movie before so it's going to be really interesting to see what. Her reaction is to the movie as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to look into a lot of it. So it'll be very interesting. (laughs) It'll be interesting. And as always, feedback for the show is always at feedback at earthstation1.com. Definitely would love to hear from you. And, you know, send Mike ideas for, you know, Halloween episodes. Because, you know. You know, we're not doing anything else, you know. We yeah, could, you we'll know, go for go 10 for years. 10 years, what the hell. But anyway, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We're powered by NSC. You can find them at nsclivetv.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. Now, Earth Station One can also be found on video format on YouTube. That's right, folks. You could see our lovely faces every week. Um, they, the videos go live every Thursday, the same time Earth Station One does. So definitely check it out and please subscribe. Please give thumbs up on there. That's how people know and like us and everything. And you know what? We've got, I think this is going to be our fifth episode already that we have up there on YouTube. So definitely check it out. On behalf of myself, Mr. Mike Faber, and Mr. my co-host, Mr. Mike Gordon, thank you to John McCarthy and Ricky and Bambi. Thank you guys so much for joining us we'll see you here next time on earth station one be well stay safe and let's get a little spooky folks we'll see you here next time peace and we are done (laughs) (laughs) you've been listening to the earth station one podcast a show by fans for fans If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.